They damned and dead. They damned and dead podcast. What is up? What is up, everybody? Welcome back to Hi. They Damned and Dead podcast. Thanks for coming back to us. This is the show where we talk about cryptids, UFOs, conspiracies, rituals, magic, yada, 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 woo, woo, woo. And I am Justin. I'm Nick. And we. That's right. My name's Nick. Are getting ready to blow your mind. Yes, we are back again with another episode of They Damned and Dead, where we just described what we talk about. So I'm not going to bore you again with the reconstitute words that we go. So we do like recaps on the show. We do like a lot of recaps, but unfortunately, <laughs> our first segment, things we didn't remember from the last episode, again, that that might, that segment might as well start with a wah wah because we didn't fuck up anything at least that we know of we don't think we did we don't think we did we're doing this entire series right now right so now we don't know but we didn't i'm pretty sure we didn't so we're good i should be good us. and if there's anything from last episode that Please. uh you think we got wrong or we need to update uh <laughs> we take submissions <laughs> we for corrections as well we accept opinions Not just factual wrong but like if you just feel like we were wrong feel free to yell at us definitely let us know they damned and dead podcast at protonmail.com. At pro, 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 pro. We are always looking for our feedback from our wonderful listeners. Yeah, absolutely. So, but yeah, so we don't have anything for that. Um, so we're going to keep on a moving <laughs> 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 to our next segment, which is usually Weird Maryland. But guess what? That's not, you know what? We're still going to bust out that. Uh, Maryland national anthem, though we definitely are. Can we we are because we have something similar to that, right? So you'll find out in just a moment. <laughs> but first, everyone, please rise and place your hand over your left beating, eye, beating blood organ for the national anthem of Maryland. Your left eye and your heart, cover them both. You cover your ears. I'll cover my eyes. Everyone else, cover their mouth. Sure. Just like, make sure you group up in threes and cover all all the angles. Cover things. So, okay. So today we're talking, we're continuing on our, our conversation of where you were doing symbols and talking about some symbols that really stuck with you and the power of symbols. Today we're going to be talking about logos mm -hmm. and how the capitalist society that we live in has taken sigil magic and really turned it against us in a very vile and vindictive way. And we're going to look at a, a couple very specific logos that I think really, really summarize this problem in, in some, some, own, some of its own ways. But as far as weird things in the logos realm, I came across this, this, this website in trying to find some logos to, to really look at. And I came across logos-world.net. Calls now, to mind for me. This is a, a really totally tangential aside, but I'm sharing my screen here. Okay. Only other dash site that I can think of was strapia-world.com. What's that? Is that where you get strapped? Oh, oh Strappy World's gone. Strappy World was a wonderful place to buy uh, kawaii Japanese merchandise. Oh, I got I got Momo Chan from there. Oh, 
Hammy. Goodbye, Strapia World. All right, and we're, we're back to Logos Dash <laughs> World. Logos Dash World. Here we are. So, so this website it was it was interesting, but it didn't really help me for for my research. But what it did help me realize is how all these companies, all these these fake companies, make their just barely off logos. Right. So let me let me share my screen and and people at home. Uh, I, I you never gave me permission, you son of a bitch. Yeah, I did. No, I cannot share my screen. Participants are allowed. Well, why can't I share my screen then? <laughs> now I can. <laughs> now I can. All right, now you I can. see. I see. We'll fix it in post. <laughs> uh, <laughs> so so I'm looking at the Snapchat logo. Right. And it gives a history you know and it's it's actually it's a weird history mm. uh for wow. snapchat i didn't know about the history here so continuing in our, tr- our tradition of uh, doing visual media on an audio podcast why don't right. you but tell us what we're looking at here you know what you you know what the fucking snapchat logo is it's a little fucking ghost right with a yellow background you've seen this shit so what you didn't know is that this this logo was originally designed for the app's first name which was not Snapchat. Hmm. But in fact, Peekaboo. Was, was it called Send Nudes? <laughs> it should have been. No, it was called Peekaboo. peek-a-boo. Right? That's what the, uh, the, the developer, uh, the developers, Bobby Murphy and even Evan Spiegel, even. Jesus Christ. Uh, Jesus Christ. Uh, they designed it uh, for Peekaboo, but the ghost had a name. And this is the strangest part about this, the Snapchat, is that its name was Ghostfaced Chilean, named after the Wu-Tang member Ghostface Killa. Hmm. For n- no reason I've been able to find. But it's just weird that, that the logo for Snapchat is named after the Wu-Tang Clan. Yeah. It's just a weird thing. Wu-Tang Clan is for the children. As well as being forever. <laughs> and we respect both those things, but we also didn't know Wu-Tang is represented in Snapchat, which is dope. You the know. 36 chambers of Snapchat. Killabees for life. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, what this website then does when you scroll all the way to the bottom is that it gives you all of the design information, like the white... A white ghost surrounded by a black ground, back, black background is inside a yellow square with rounded quarters. At first, the black background was gray with three-dimensional shading and backlighting. Then became bright uniform. According to Snap Incorporated, the shade used is Pantone Yellow U or Hex 0XFFFC00. So they'll give Pantone you... Pantone Yellow Me? What? No, what? Pantone Yellow U. <laughs> you son <laughs> of a bitch. You got me. So, but it's like whenever you see these just off logos they're going to a place like this like i'm sure this isn't the only website that exists that can do this but you've got like the individual parts of the logo available for for download you've got the the hex keys for the proper you know coloring and everything and it was just it's 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 a weird website and so they basically dissected all elements of all of these logos and sort of you yeah. know, showing you their elements. Showing you their elements. And they also have things like 
new logo history and and top car brands and famous brand logo. It's just it's very interesting how much information is around for these logos and how while at while at one hand is appreciating them and dissecting them for research, on the other hand is like providing copycats with all the tools they need. Mm-hmm. And so it was just really weird. And that's what I decided to talk about that I found that was weird. One might say that they are practicing logology. Logalonomy. Logomancy. So Logomancy, that's when you're just too into the guy who played Wolverine. <laughs> so uh, his name was. since this is oh, the no. Weird Maryland segment, I looked up Maryland on uh-huh. logos-world.net slash search slash. Oh, that's fun. And we get our birds. We've got the Baltimore Orioles logo. Uh-huh. Uh, the Washington Wizards logo is right after that in relevance. And the Ravens logo, of course, followed closely by the Navy Midshipman. Interesting. And then we get into Squarespace and Denver, which has nothing to do with Maryland. So I guess let's check out the two bird teams. Mm-hmm. All right. You want to let me see what that is? So the Baltimore Orioles logo right now is this sort of uh, playful looking. Uh, looking back at you th- over the side of its shoulder, baseball cap wearing orange bird. Yeah, his face is in the same position as Natty Bow. It is very Natty Bowish. Yeah. I never really thought about it like that, but yeah. it is definitely just uh, very similar to that. Apparently, the Milwaukee Brewers baseball team was founded in 1894 in Maryland to compete in the Western League. Oh. But then that team moved away. and to the West. Let's see. The Great Depression and the Cardinals' dominance in baseball, severe blow, blah, blah, blah. Yada, wow, yada, this is yada. a lot of history on Ooh. the Bird Club. I wonder if this is like one team that does this or if this is like a Wikipedia thing where people come and they talk about their logos. Yeah, it's a weird site, isn't it? Upon their transfer to Baltimore, the St. Louis Browns were immediately renamed the Baltimore Orioles. Ah, so the Oriole flew in from St. Louis. <laughs> <laughs> the team was named after the Baltimore Oriole, the state bird of Maryland, which, by the way, living in my almost my entire life in Maryland, I have never seen in real life. Yeah, I, I, I am a fan that you don't think Orioles are real. <laughs> I don't think they are. That's fun to me. That's a good conspiracy. So this is kind of cool. We've, we're going through the history of the logo of the team even before it got to Baltimore. And interestingly, uh, most of these are pretty lame, but in one of them there is some sort of like brownie creature with pointed ears uh, swinging a baseball bat, and it is orange. Interesting. And then in 1954, we get the beginning of the bird. We got a happy bird wearing a baseball hat, standing on a baseball. In front of two crossed bats. Mm-hmm. And, oh, this is interesting. I did not know this about the history of the Orioles logo. Uh, the current Orioles logo actually is a, th- a throwback to the Orioles logo of 1966 through about 1991. Interesting. The Orioles logo that I was familiar with from growing up was uh, a more, uh, you know, real-looking bird. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I you remember know, it, that one. It, it really looked like what an Oriole would look like if they were real birds and they existed in real life, which they clearly do not. So <laughs> when they changed it back in 2019 to, I think even before 2019, honestly, to uh, the 
happy looking bird. I, did, I thought this was a new reimagining of the Orioles logo, but it is not. Uh, it's going back to the 60s. There you go. Very interesting. Very interesting. The 17 logos they've been through. Yeah. Yeah, it's 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 definitely got a lot of logo history. So if if you want to find the history of a particular logo, definitely check out the site. So next, we're going to go uh, do our new segment yet again, which we have a bumper for now. Totally, and here it is. It's conspiracy theory of the week. Conspiracy theory of the week. Is it true that you're an alien slice of toast? Well, I, uh, there's, there's no proof. What does baby blood taste like? I've currently never had, but I think it would be pretty good. Are words real? I can say How many presidents are there currently? And are they human? Well, I'm not. Who is that? Who was that? That's a good question. Which hand is the treat in? I'm hoping to write. When? Now? Yay! What are we losing our minds about this time? Well, today... We're going to have a stab at disclosure. Disclosure. That's right. It's the world of America is a buzz anticipating the release of the UFO X-Files from government man mm-hmm. and all of his wisdom. For those of you in the future uh, listening to, the, to us in the past, it is June 2021, and over the past month or two, there have been... What some would call revelations, what some would call uh, Duh. tepid admissions yeah, from the state about, and, and not just the U.S. state, but across the world. Yeah, it is, it is a, world, a world event. Which That's for true. definitely indicates the presence of a conspiracy, because oh. they're all talking about it at the same time. Weird. That these things that we have seen flying around and that uh, especially captured by the focus has been on the ones captured by the US Air Force and Navy and other uh, other countries military wings because <laughs> mm-hmm. the UFOs don't have wings because they don't need wings right we don't have a military round thingy <laughs> Sphere. force right the round thingy force disc force showing the disc force that sounds like a anime I would watch <laughs> So, you know, worldwide over the past couple months, for some reason, heads of state and the, uh, well, I wouldn't, you know, heads of state and also just sort of the, the general media complex and the people who give it things to chatter about yeah. have been abuzz with not necessarily an admission that there is extraterrestrial life or that, you know, at some point there were alien bodies recovered, but just specifically focused on, okay, remember those things that we've been trying to discredit that everyone has claimed to see flying in the sky? Right. Some of that stuff, we're admitting that it's real, but we don't know what it is. That seems to be what's going on here. Right. Exactly. And it, <coughs> excuse me, it hasn't come out yet. We're still waiting for the um, Pentagon UFO report. So <clears throat> now, before it comes out, I think is the perfect time for us to lay down our two cents on why we think this is happening. Now, last week, when we talked about, what did we talk about last week? The last episode, excuse me? We were talking about symbols and their power. No, 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 no. For our conspiracy theory. And for our conspiracy oh, yes. theory. We were talking about the gas, uh, the gas yeah, yeah. shortage, so I started the so-called off, gas shortage. Mm, the bullshit 
gas shortage. <laughs> but I started I started the conversation last week. So I would like to hear your thoughts on why the world uh, NWO is releasing, quote unquote, this this UFO information now. Well, the events of the last year or so really sort of, you know, to me, be, beyond a shadow of a doubt, cemented the, my, not just belief, but just my observation that, you know, the powerful run a big, giant conspiracy all the time. Yeah. And that a lot of the effects of that are, and, and, and a lot of the intent of that is to control each other mm -hmm. and everyone else. And my personal take on, you know, the, especially, you know, I'm going to localize it. I'm going to, to give myself just a little bit more to focus on and less sure. to think about, I'm going to focus it on the U.S. and what has been sort of, I'm, I'm not going to say released, but what has been acknowledged over the past few weeks. And, you know, it's really very tepid. It's not a disclosure event. It's not something where, you know, that... Uh, People who have been following the story for the past, you know, uh, 70 years or so now have been expecting. It's not an admission uh, by, the, by the government about all the things that they have discovered. Uh, and all it, it's not a declassification of what's at Area 51. Right. It's really not that exciting. It's just they're like, hey, by the way, it, what they're doing is they have now they've I'll, they have uh, come out and said to the media that carries water for them, you can talk about this stuff now. You don't have to make everyone who says they saw something into a pariah. Right. Because that was the policy. Right. For Absolutely. pretty much as soon as the, you know, as soon as the first report, it was like, okay, the, you know, the, the, the guys in the suits got together, like, how are we going to handle this? Right. And they decided that they would discredit everyone who came forward, uh, and if they got too uppity, they would try to destroy their lives, maybe even have them killed. And what this represents is that for whatever reason, and, you know, I don't have any evidence, so I can't really say for sure, but for whatever reason, and there's plenty of, you know, places you could speculate on why an organization would decide to suddenly change their policy on something like this. Mm-hmm. For whatever reason, uh, you know, the organizations that have been engaged in this uh, PSYOP to discredit the discredit anyone who has come forward to either study, uh, report, and experience with or talk about UFOs, now rebranded as UAPs, mm -hmm. basically saying, hey, all right, we're, we're, we're not going... It's no longer cool to make these people uh, out to be completely insane because we're going to acknowledge now that we see it too, but we just don't know what it is. Right. So very tepid, but it's signaling, signaling to the chattering class, the media that carries water for these state apparatus, that it's, you don't have to make these people into... You don't have to. You don't have to make them into pariahs. You don't have to like tell every. You know, 
you guys can talk about this now. It's acceptable right. to talk about it. It is within the Overton window. You go ahead, talk about your UFOs. And this is why I think this is very obviously part of the or a conspiracy is because now it's suddenly okay for people on cable news, which for some reason influences like a vast number of people in this country. It's okay for them to talk about UFOs now. Mm -hmm. So that just is a humongous smokescreen and distraction that, you know, allows them to start influencing everyone's thoughts and driving them towards conversations around UAPs and away from the things that are really uh, kind of crappy right now and might change and, and that we have a chance to change, but we're going right. to talk about UAPs instead. Right. But we're not going to have any actual disclosure. We're not going to have any actual real information come out. It's just okay to talk about that now as long as it doesn't go anywhere. Right. That's what they're saying, in my opinion. That's my take on it, and that's why I think this is part of a greater conspiracy theory. All right, I agree. I agree with a lot of what you said there. So, so my take um, really lines up at just a different angle again. Uh, I think the timing is very much um, being used, like you said. It, it's a very uh, active time. There's a lot of change possible. There's a lot of change people are thinking about, people are hoping for, either in ending the pandemic, uh, social justice, uh, workers' rights, a lot of things are moving around. So, yeah, I think the government, A, does want to distract by saying, oh, look, we're, we're finally admitting that there are aliens. Fuck you. Obviously, there are aliens. Mm -hmm. That's nothing news. Like, aliens have been in our zeitgeist for decades. Yeah. Right? And not only that, alien abduction. Like, we've been, we've been primed to believe that aliens are the enemy coming to get us, coming to experiment on us, coming to farm us, uh, uh, enslave us, all this kind of shit. <clears throat> and that, I think, is part of a, a conspiracy for, mul for multiple reasons. I mean, there's the idea that the government is going to use alien technology to start an uh, alien-human war against not actual aliens, but just alien technology in order to... Uh, 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 force upon the world a, a, a upfront, like, visual New World Order, mm -hmm. sol singular government. And that's one idea. But I think they're really doing this at, at, at this point is because they don't want people to think too much about this. They want, they want everyone to say, oh, yeah, yeah, aliens. See, the government says it's real. We know it's real now. It's okay. Mm -hmm. What they don't want people to think to think about is, well, what about what about all these abductions then? Like, why haven't you you done anything about this? Like, there are there are rumors that Eisenhower had set up uh, 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 some kind of agreement with with the with the aliens, uh, the Tall Greys, I believe. Um, to allow a certain number of abductions to occur in certain parts of the country as, part, as in exchange for access to technology that they have. Mm. So, like, you know, they had the, the downed alien crafts, but they still didn't really know how to reverse engineer it all that well. They talked to the, they talked to the tall greys. They're like, hey, can we, you can abduct some people 
if you teach us how to use this stuff. And that was a theory for a while that a lot of people have asked about. It hasn't gone very well whenever they ask about it. Uh, also, you know, there's, there's the question of all of that alien technology that has been collected by the government that would um, change everything about our society. You know, we would have, uh, like, these renewable energy sources, uh, um, you know, uh, uh, like... Travel, it, it's completely different, completely different ways of travel that we don't even have, and, and all these different technologies, you know, uh, force field technologies that people are talking about. Um, non-carbon energy. Non-carbon energy. All this stuff that we should have had by now, because the government has had it, has, but has refused to release the tech mm -hmm. to the general public. And that is what I don't think they want people asking about right now, that, that the continuation of that aliens are real conversation. I think they, they're just doing this because we're so verklempt with everything else that we're just going to say, oh, yeah, obviously, aliens are real. Thanks. Mm -hmm. You know, almost like we watched X-Files. We know. No shit. Like, I've seen UFOs. You've seen UFOs. Everybody's seen UFOs. You know, it's not a it's it's not surprising that the government is saying this. It's almost just like thanks again for nothing. Oh, big time nothing to me. Yeah. So it's 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 not a uh, it's there's no you know smoking gun. This is the evidence. This is the no. okay. We've been lying to you all this time. It's just aliens are real. Subtly, not even aliens are real. Just like, like yes, we see those things in the sky. We're no longer going to deny it, but we don't know what they are. Right. Well, why don't you talk about the giant fucking colony that lives under the ice in the South Pole? Right. And that's why there can only be scientific bases on the South Pole. And, like, the entire world has a pact that no military bases can be on the South Pole because that is not a human domain. Mm hmm we're and, not allowed to fucking stay there very long. And we know what it is, you know, we acknowledge it but don't know what it is is a profoundly like unmilitary thing to say, especially the US military. Yeah. Because once because if you don't know what it is and you're in the US military, it you is a threat. You describe what it is. It is a threat. Yeah. And there is no way that they don't know what a threat is. <laughs> Every threat is going to be hyper analyzed by a thousand different people in a thousand different ways. They know what it is. Yeah. Or they at least have a, you know, contingency plan. They have idea. a way to be fine with it. The, the, you know, they have a way of explaining it, you know, within that group. But <coughs> that still, for some reason, cannot be shared with the public. Right. It can't be shared at all. Because Why like, the fuck not? Well, you know? another reason that, that I'm, you know, thinking about right now is like, the aliens are always portrayed as like, oh, we can't handle... Fighting them, we can't bring them down. Although I guess in some we do because, like you know, Independence Day and shit. But that's exactly where I was going to go. We have down crafts. We know how to bring them down. Mm -hmm. It's not a problem. Like, like aliens aren't concerned. Aliens are concerned with us because of the power that we have. Because once we hit nuclear power, once we set off that first fucking test a bomb. That's when other species, other space-traveling species went, oh, fuck. They figured out this technology. Now's the time to chill them out. 
be that by studying, be that by fear, be that by communication. That's when we hit the universal theater, mm-hmm. you know, as being a potential, as us being the potential threat. Right. So by, by saying, oh, you know, or by constantly promoting this idea that alien technology is always going to outdo us, uh, I think is another, uh, you know, is another bullshit line just to, to keep the enemy at bay. Like making the enemy think that we fear them and couldn't do anything. Even though the real aliens aren't even enemies. They're trying to help us, y'all. They want us to be chill. And that is why they must be kept secret at all costs. Yeah. So that was the rantings and ravings of a madman during our conspiracy theory talk. Conspiracy theory of the week. Tell us what you think of our new segment. Give us an email or a shout somehow. Or a conspiracy. Or a conspiracy. Yeah, send it by send it by like messenger pigeon in the late of Nate. If you have your own conspiracy that uh, you want to you want to uh, propose that we discuss, or uh, you want us to hear hear us talk about your favorite conspiracy, send Definitely. us an email. Definitely, please do. They damned and dead podcast at protonmail.com. We love the rantings and the ravings. We absolutely do. And speaking of oh, rantings boy. and ravings, oh boy. What's that laughing? Oh, my God. Ah, is that trademarked? <laughs> That's right. All right, we've hit our main section, ladies and gentlemen, today. We're talking logos and sigils in the modern era. That we are. Yeah. So what we are, what I'm doing. Oh, yeah, we're also going to do this one because it's a combo. It's a combo, y'all. Um so last week too, we talked about the last episode we talked about symbology, and uh, so this week we're just going to talk about some logos and how, and we're going to talk about how the ultra capitalists have used sigil magic against us in these in these corporate logos for products that just bewitch us and beguile into purchasing their bullshit products. Right. Uh, this is a natural extension of our last episode where we introduced the concept of symbols and their power and the influence of Carl Jung on the scientism community. And, as we're about to find out, the uh, consumerist, capitalist, marketing, sales, and or not sales, marketing and advertising yeah. uh, systems. Yeah. As influential as Pavlov, I would say, in... Mm-hmm. in being able to twist the mind into believing what you have to say. So, first off, my first question was to dive into the word logo. Start understanding, you know, the roots, where it all came from. And so, logos, it comes from, uh, big surprise here, Latin, right? Mm-hmm. The the root is I say. It is... Uh, you know, stands for speech, debate, adoration, uh, the, or I say that which is said, that which is thought, an account, an explanation, a narrative. Um, then it comes to the first real popularization of the term logos. 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 And that was thanks to your boy, Aristotle. 
Aristotle, 388 BCE to 322 BCE. In case you're not up to it, that is before the Common Era. Mm-hmm. Yes. Uh, postulated three argumentative appeals. And that's the three appeals of argument by Aristotle. The logical, the ethical, and the emotional. So that is, <coughs> excuse me, that is ethos, pathos, and our, our topic of the this, this segment, logos. So ethos was an appeal to ethics, was an appeal to your ethical mind, what is right. And that's how you would uh, portray your argument to somebody to get them to come to your side. That's what this is. This is to appeal to someone else. To get them to join your side in an argument. To get them to understand your side. Right, because everybody has you know, their own idea of what's right and wrong. Exactly. And uh, you're, you're appealing, you're either stating the argument or the case in, in terms of what you feel is right and wrong, or you're appealing to someone else's sense of right and wrong to try and get them to right. understand so, you. So these, these three are how you can do that successfully. So you've got your ethos, you appeal to their ethics. Or pathos. I mean... And or, because you, you really want to employ all three. Uh, pathos was an appeal to the emotional side of someone. And then logos would appeal to logic and reason. And so these base ideas were how you were, how Aristotle described you would, you would, you know, get somebody to, to have a valid argument. Uh, I'm sorry. So here, directly, strong arguments have a balance of all three. The logical logos is essential for a strong, valid argument. Appeals, however, can also be misused, creating arguments that are not credible. So these, they're also, they're tools of good and evil. Because you can use them just like we see so often today, which is like the batshit crazy things people will believe. Uh, and I know we talk a lot of conspiracies, so we sound batshit sometimes too. But, you know, when... Uh, but uh, we... We skipped over ethos. Well, we, we did ethos. Pathos. We skipped over pathos. Well, it was just emotion. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I just stopped, jumped on emotion. So as an example of, you know, an emotional appeal, they're part of the binary split that appears to be happening in uh, really in all, all of Western society today mm-hmm. appears to be, uh, in my view, one way you could look at it, one angle is that it is split along lines of, uh, you know, people who are acting almost exclusively on pathos when they make decisions of, um, you know, when they make decisions about what their choices are going to be, what causes they're going to support, mm-hmm. that kind of a thing. It's it's almost exclusively emotionally grounded. True. You know, and then, you know, and then... And then the the ideas that they find themselves or place themselves in opposition to are usually exclusively logically grounded. So pathos, right now, in our present moment, pathos and logos seem to be the preferred, uh, you know, dichotomy when it comes to uh, intellectual and political topics in the West. I would agree, but I, 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 also, see, I also see ethics, but... I see Ethics, e- I feel like, almost don't exist or matter right now. But I see. But see, I would argue it depends on where you get your ethical base from. Because or if, if you, you have one at all. If you have one at all. <laughs> if you get your ethics yeah. 
if you get your morals and ethics from uh, the Westboro Baptist Church, mm-hmm. then you're then you're absolutely using your ethos right now as 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 a as a very deadly tool for argument. Right. You know what I mean? Like if if your if your ethics are are religiously based for religious extremism, which we see a lot of right now. Like there's there's a lot of Christian extremism right now, which isn't which is funny because it's not even real Christian tr- Christianity. It's this new Jesus loves guns Christianity mm-hmm. kind of shit that makes absolutely no sense. But that sub Christian religion is driving a lot of law right now. I mean, we see a lot of changes in abortion laws that are happening right now, and those are the the applied quote unquote ethics of not necessarily the population, but the government who is running off of these like uber Christian, not Christian values. And and this is a great point because you know I I pointed towards an absence of ethics, but uh, you're right. It the ethics sort of dictate uh, the ethics aren't necessarily uh an argument like you know or or a decision on like which way you're going to go versus you know if you're acting on pathos versus logos but your your ethics are going to influence that and what what I was mostly talking about is the ethics of uh the oligarch class mm-hmm. you know the ethics and and their ethics you tend to use logos to justify doing things that, you know, really are very unethical. Right. If if we you know, if we look at all of the the strange financial goings on of the past 20 or 30 years, the obvious scams that are going on right now well, at the highest levels of everything, it's like all of that is being it's not being done by people who are rubbing their hands together and, you know, twiddling their mustache and saying, "Oh, look how evil we can be." They are rationalizing these things and saying, "This is not only good for me, but it's good for everybody, and it's just the way it is. So right. they're you know they're using logos exclusively to rationalize away and justify an ethics that is, if you if you you know really look at it, the, the this this type of ethics completely lacks morality and grounding in in humanity at all. Absolutely, I mean when you when you have a company. There, that the you know CEOs and owners are making millions, and the laborers doing the majority of the uh, profit-causing work are making a minimum wage that isn't sufficient for an individual to sustain themselves. That's that in itself is completely unethical. Mm-hmm. The entire business, like, aren't aren't I hate I hate it so much. I hate I hate capitalism so goddamn much. The it's w- just so. The way it's, it's practiced here is definitely uh, financial capitalism, highly unethical. Oh, it's the fucking worst. But you also bring up a good point that's going to move us into our next spot of logos in its other form of popularity, a Christian term, another name for Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ. I'm putting in the marker here. We're going to make that. Jesus Christ. Yeah. So. It's it, and honestly, you know, I was trying to find the words where it said logos, but it's like it's referred to here and here and this study. The the person who studied this Bible, it was hard to find the for the direct quote. But everybody kept saying that they replaced or that one of the names of Jesus Christ was logos, right? And so that got me thinking on another weird conspiracy, and mm-hmm. and it's not even a conspiracy as much as it is. 
applied magic, right? So from 350 BCE, right, when Aristotle was really getting it going, he's talking about his, his three appeals, he's talking about logos, he's talking about logic, mm-hmm. and he's putting it in people's heads what logic is. And, and, and the ideas, the subconscious connections of the idea of logic and reason, right? Then Christianity comes along, and like it does with so many other things, it takes logos, it takes that idea, and mangles it for its own purposes by renaming Jesus Christ, renaming God logos, i.e. reason or logic, it puts into the subconscious of the person who hears it that the word of God or the reasoning of God is reasonable, is logical, is not to be questioned. Mm-hmm. And therefore, just, just you know, uh, tricking, basically, all these dullards at the time who, who knew there was some kind of God, but apparently this is the right one because these people who keep killing us and taking over all of our shit keep saying that their God is the right one are also saying that the name of their God is logic. Yeah, and, and also sort of appealing again to um, to help massage the, um, you know, to help rationalize away the unethical things that are being done in the name of Logos here. Right. You know, we're saying, well, this is obviously the most logical thing to do. No, uh, Our will. God is the most logical God. Right, yes. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I know we're killing all these people who don't want to believe in the same God. But it's perfectly logical. It's to perfectly do so. logical because God said that's what we need to do, and that makes sense. So it's it's the the uh, thinking mind can rationalize just about anything if it uh, if it's given a good avenue to do so is unethical enough. You know, right. ethics I think have to be ingrained in us from a an early age. You and know, again, if it's they're it's not, th- if they're not the done correctly. That, right. Yikes. <laughs> <laughs> but it's, you know, going back to, I know I bash Christianity a lot, but whatever. I grew up Christian and it didn't work out very well. So, <laughs> like, it's the same thing with, with, you know, they're always talking about the sheep and the shepherd. That, mm-hmm. that we are the sheep and God is the shepherd. Well, fuck. They've just been slapping you in the face with this shit the whole time. That's not, being sheep is not a good thing. Just being blindly guided around by somebody who just, I guess, is our leader. Well, you're eventually going to get shaved and uh, butchered. Great. (laughs) Fuck. Yeah, you're going to take my, you know, God-given fur, felt, fleece, whatever sheep have on them, and uh, you're going to profit off it, and I'm just going to get stuck in this fucking barn again. Right. Yeah, when all the whole time, the sheep could just leave. Yeah, again... They could live in the wild and be okay. The archetype of the shepherd, you know, like... I don't know if that's really one that's defined by Young, but like most, it maybe isn't primordial enough, but it's a, it's a symbol that most people are familiar with. And honestly, these days, because of the preponderance of Christian theology in our culture, mm-hmm. I don't know anybody who's had a herd or a flock of anything, but everybody <laughs> knows what a shepherd <laughs> is. Right? <laughs> Yeah, and the whole uh, man, it keep, there's there's a lot of things tied to Christianity. We're talking about logos and stuff, you know. It's like how this, how the cross has become this symbol of. If you disagree with me, then I have to fight you. 
Mm. Yeah. I, be, I believe the Templars had it on their shields. Uh, yeah. The tabards. Yeah, that was a big deal back then. Yeah, and it it's, it's just so, it's it's weird the kind of stuff that we accept just because of the game we got put into when we were born. It's weird. Anyway, these are tangents that I actually didn't have planned, so that's <laughs> fun. Uh, the, yeah, I mean, the, the Christianity logos thing was there, but the, the rest of the Christian tangent was I, just, that was just a little extra spice for you because uh, that's what I do. It was a very interesting uh thing that you found there I, I didn't know about the connection between jesus and logos yeah i hadn't i hadn't found that before either which is why i found it so interesting all right so next we're going to just break down three logos that i thought really surmised what i was trying to portray here they really you know the first one especially it's easy to break down it's all right there everybody can access it if you're listening to this on your phone you can literally go look at the symbol right now Bluetooth. 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 Totally ubiquitous now. And so goddamn magic-y. I, I, uh, okay, so let's start with the history. So Bluetooth is actually named after a 10th century Danish king. Get the fuck out of here. Are you serious? Yeah, Harold... Move your icon. Uh, Harold Bluetooth... I think it's Gormson... Gormison? Holy shit. Hold on, I'm being redirected. Harold Bluetooth Gormson. This is mind-blowing to me. I didn't know it was named after a Danish king. Yeah, and it's it's really strange how it got there. So, okay, so it's creation, right? Well, first off, Bluetooth, his nickname, they don't sh- they're not 100% sure how he got it, but there are two like sort of 50-50. It's either this or that. Either he loved blueberries or he had a dead tooth. Hmm. One of the two. Probably one of those two. There might have been some other ones, but uh, the two leading theories are he loved his blue fruits or he did not love dental care. <laughs> Either way, his name was Bluetooth. So, yeah, 10th, 10th century Denmark, not known for its dental technology. True. Very true. <laughs> not known for not having dental technology either. Right. I just simply don't know where it was at at the time. And there's uh, only so much you can look up in a week. Danish dental historians sent us an email. <laughs> <laughs> they did it in the birthday of So it was created by a special, special interest group, uh, including companies like Nokia, Intel, Ericsson, Toshiba, and IBM. Uh, they were all working on their different short band RF uh, radio signals, um, radio frequency. Uh, but individually they were all just like kind of fucking up they didn't know how to really make it proprietary so they decided they would make a universal tech that everybody could work with which is the way so much of this shit should be Mm -hmm. chargers should be universal fucking all this like i I hate proprietary technology it's so fucking limiting and so stupid anyway anyway i am i've got a lot to bitch about today and that's fun for you It, it is really interesting how much of the the technology world is and and how much of like the technologies that we use and find ubiquitous every day were originally conceived of by people who were thinking that they were really going to do incredible good things yeah and, and capitalism uh, gets a hold of it and some of the th- and you know you can't deny that some good things have happened but my God, the abject evil that has been yeah. perpetrated no, with and the I, technologies that have arisen. Yeah, and I holy I, shit. I like I like Bluetooth. I think that is 
one of those technologies that's like, well, that's really waking some shit up, mm-hmm. you know, where we can connect to anything. That's some futury shit. That's that's getting me closer to the day where I have an armband that I'm just fucking flicking things off onto screens and things, you know, mm-hmm. straight Futurama. I'm glad about that. I like that shit. Anyway, back to the history of the Bluetooth. So uh, Jim Kardash of Intel decides to meet with Sven Matheson of Ericsson at a bar, right? And during this little get-together, uh, Madison suggests the name Bluetooth as the name for the technology because he'd been reading this Viking book and he'd been reading about uh, King Bluetooth and how he had brought all of these like warring Scandinavian groups together under one bigger roof and really started to make the Scandinavian country. Right. Mm-hmm. And so that's where he got the idea from. He's is that, you know, the that Bluetooth is connecting all of these things to one source like like Bluetooth had. Mm-hmm. And so that's where the the original name came from. Very cool. Right. So then you take the logo, which is obviously what we're here for. And if you've if you've never seen runes before. Just kidding. Yes, you have, because you've seen the Bluetooth logo. Mm-hmm. It's straight up Norse runes. So there's this thing in, 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 in rune working called bind runes. That's where you smash a couple of them together to make uh, a unique single symbol, very much like a sigil, you know, like making a sigil, but you're using this specific alphabet. And the esoteric meanings of each letter, you know, bind together to make this overarching spell for whatever your intent is. So if we apply that to the logo of Bluetooth, then we have two pretty blatant runes. And these are the face runes. You know, these are the ones that you can pick out first. There's there's always going to be secondary because when you the way all the runes are shaped, when you combine them, you're going to find more sort of hidden inside. Mhm. It's just the nature of the beast, and that's you know that's part of the fun of it as well. But the face runes that you see are Hagalaz and Burkano. So Hagalaz, Hagalaz is fun. Hagalaz has a few meanings. It's it's the cosmic egg, hmm. right? It's also chaos. It's sort of like uh, um, birth in the universe, like how the universe handles birthing. Right, it's that it's that crazy. All the elements are there, smashing together, and we're not talking about just microscopic. We're talking about you know, if you if you're gonna make a planet, you need some asteroids smashing together near a sun, because mm-hmm. you need those fragments, and then over time, those fragments are gonna come together, and it's eventually gonna make a planet. Like, you need all of this crazy chaos to make harmony, and so that's where Hagalaz sort of lies. That's that's it's. That's its esoteric meaning and symbology. Mm-hmm. You know, you see, and it, it kind of looks like a snowflake, uh, uh, at least in this form of Hagalaz, because they've got, there are different shapes to it, uh, depending on if it's the Elder Futhark uh, alphabet or the Younger Futhark alphabet, or there's a couple after that one, um, like the Danish alphabet, runic alphabet, and all this kind of thing, or Germanic, not Danish, I'm sorry. Anyway, um, in this one, it kind of looks like a snowflake. You know, your classic straight line down and diagonal lines crossing. An X with a straight line down the middle, mm-hmm. uh, uh, vertically. 
Um, <clears throat> so that is, if you look at if you look at the Bluetooth symbol, that's the center, right? You've right. got that. <clears throat> but then the second bind, the second rune is the Birkino, which basically looks like a B, but instead of curved, it's sharp. Right. And Birkino is uh, the spirit of birch and the Earth Mother, and also represents rebirth, as well as, and this is the really important one, containing and holding other powers together. Hmm. Right? So you take, a bind, uh, you take a rune that stands for harmony and union, and you take another rune that stands for holding powers together, and you've basically got a description of what Bluetooth does as a tool. Right. So it's 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 not just a spell, you know, which I mean it it is a spell as well. Just having that rune on your phone is casting a runic spell to make that work, to help that work. Mm-hmm. The tech is there there as well, you know. We've 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 broken down this magic into technology. But the magic is still being used as well. So it it and that's it's the most blatant one that I always think of when I come to logos and magic and, and all this kind of esoteric thinking is that, is that Bluetooth is literally doing just that. Like the spell is describing how the tool is used. You gotta love the, uh, the occult roots of the Bluetooth technology that is now ubiquitous yeah. everywhere. I think it's great. I, and, and again, you know, it's non-proprietary. It's a universal tech. That's the best kind. That's mm-hmm. how all tech should be. We would benefit so much more, and we would move so much faster if all tech was universal and none of this proprietary bullshit. Totally agree. Anyway. Anyway. Free open source software. Free open source software. (laughs) Our second logo of the day is your Gmail logo. And uh, family and friends, I got some bad news for you. This shit is ridiculous. This was uh, f- even more mind-blowing to me <laughs> than the King Bluetooth when you showed me this. Yeah, so if you... I want you to look this up. Um, it's pretty easy to Google. You just put in <laughs> Gmail and Freemason apron. So if you're not familiar, the Freemasons are a highly secretive uh, uh, club, if you will. Um, that has been going on for centuries, and I mean, it's in every every first world country has definitely got your town probably has a Freemason Hall in it somewhere. Um, <clears throat> they got the little G symbol with the compass. Mm-hmm. You've seen it around, but Freemasons, you know, they they show their ranking for many different ways, but one of them is they wear these weird little aprons. There's little tool aprons, and they're actually supposed to represent the tools that a Freemason would carry to do their job because they started out as Freemasons. It was a collective of masonry, you know, experts. Like a guild. Yeah, a guild, basically. And Mm -hmm. and they just grew to more and more and more and more and more and more power, uh, you know, in the shadows. But uh, these aprons, and most are blue, but the 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 pattern is basically your Gmail logo. It's it's white background with with the M shape, a very hard you know hard line sharp line M shape, and uh, red is actually of a 
and very high-ranking member of the Freemasons. So, so your email, your Gmail account is basically a high-ranking member, a steward uh, of the Freemasons. Mm-hmm. Which, uh, what the fuck? I mean, no, seriously, go look it up right now because you will see it and go, how the fuck? Gmail logo, Freemason apron. E- I can't. And, and, and I'm like, I looked at it and I was like, this has got to be a joke. No, it's because not Because it a joke. is literally, I mean, okay, there's like a couple Tetris block shapes on their aprons, but, you know, from 15 feet away, you can't see the Tetris blocks. You can't see the tassels. All you see is a bunch of guys wearing the Gmail logo like an apron. Yeah. Yeah, it's just belts with Gmail logos on them. And there is no way, you know, that the engineers or actually the probably the designers, the uh, branding designers yeah. making the logo for Gmail weren't like, uh, guys, you know, this is the and they're like, oh, yeah, yeah. You didn't see it at the meeting last week. One of the high ranking members came. They're like, oh, yeah, yeah, I guess we should do that. Yeah, no, it's <laughs> it is blatant. It is so fucking blatant. In so, honor of our, you know, the visit last week from High Lord Maurice of the Third Order. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right. So, and these guys, like I said, they are high-ranking dudes. Like, the once you get, apparently, and I'm not going to bore you with the a million, these million details of how you get to this point to get your red Gmail logo apron, but to summarize it, you got to spend seven years doing a lot of hard work for your lodge. Mm-hmm. And that's your local collective of Freemasons. Um, and after seven years, uh, and, and not even starting as a rookie, this is like you've already been in the Freemasons for a while. Then you say, all right, I'm, ser- I'm starting my seven years in the chair. I'm starting my seven years doing the hard work to earn this position afterwards, hopefully, or to earn a good position somewhere in the Freemasons. Um, one of the positions you'll get is become a grand steward. And these allow, these people are the ones who pick other high-ranking members for all the other lodges in the area. Like, you're not even allowed to join the lodge where you get the red aprons unless you're invited there specifically by the grand master. Hmm. PGM, I think they call it, I don't know, Prime Grandmaster or something, I guess. Um, a lot of it's cryptic, and I, you, they won't give you all the information. But there is a great Freemasonry subreddit, which I highly recommend you getting into, uh, and just pretend you're a Freemason and join and start listening in on the conversations because they're pretty interesting. Speaking of which, I, I was actually thinking this the other day before you brought up this Mason Gmail apron thing. We should join a secret society. I was I would join the Freemasons. I mean, we could do the Freemasons, but there's also like the Odd Fellows. You got the uh, the Shriners. The Shriners. You I know, think the Shriners again. are a subsect of the Freemasons, though. I think you're right. Yeah, they, yeah. they have they like the they have Freemasons with the funny hat. Well, yeah, yeah, and the tiny cars. Well, my my <laughs> dad is an elk. We could get into the, the Elks. Elks Club. Yeah, there we go. We got the Elks. Um, but really, the, they're only uh, good for the crab night. Rotary Club. Oh, I yeah, I've been to a Rotary Club meeting before. They're very exciting. <laughs> um, no, there there was it was actually very interesting when I went. Um, the thrill of local parliamentary. Uh, yeah, I was just lost as fuck. You know, it's like this this a uh, person I respect actually a whole lot. He was like, "Why don't you come to a Rotary meeting with me?" And I was like, "Okay," but I'm also going to one 
not in my town. I think the Rotary is more focused on just being a, a community organization, like yeah. doing stuff for the community. Yeah, and that was fun. Not as that much was of a cool. secret society. No, not not so much. The Elks, they're not as much of a secret society as like a private club for crab night. Right, like a crab and golf kind of a thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. Uh, a nice place if you want to rent out a banquet hall mm-hmm. for cheaper, right. maybe cheaper. I don't remember. Um, but there is a Freemason Lodge in Frederick. Freemasonry seems to be the you know the biggest one, the easiest to find and get into. Yeah, and they've got fun handshakes, so that would be fun. So if we just show up knowing the handshakes, do we like get an apron? No, we probably get shot. Damn. Yeah, we're probably not supposed to know the handshakes they until do a lot they of tell guns, us, don't they? They probably <laughs> they probably have people with guns, so they don't have to do the shooting. And, you know, if the Shriners happen to be there, I bet they have some kind of weapon hidden under that little hat. <laughs> no, I'm just expecting this to run us over with their little tiny cars. <laughs> like, just a whole line of 40 different tiny cars running us over, taking that many to do the job. Speaking of tiny cars. Yar. Pepsi. Yeah. So our last one uh, uh, is Pepsi. Now, Pepsi I picked because there's always got to be one bullshit in the crowd. Mm-hmm. And boy, oh boy, did Pepsi find some bullshit. So if you look at the current Pepsi logo, it looks a lot like it used to. It's got a white line. but uh, It's a ball, a sphere, if you will. The upper half is red. The bottom half is blue. It has a white line going through it. Mm-hmm. Now, this logo had been the same for a while. You remember it from the 80s and 90s. So it was just a ball with a straight line. It, it kind of looked like the... Like, no entering sign, but it was just the no part, and then red on one side and blue on the other. It wasn't a big deal. Red, white, and blue, but kind of like the no sign. Right. But, so, in 2008, Pepsi said they needed to update their logo, and they paid uh, the designer, whose name I did not get, one million dollars one million dollars yes <laughs> for a fucking circle to to redesign their circle yeah they they hired the designer offered paid up one million dollars for their new logo and for that they got this symbol they also got a million dollars worth of bullshit because the explanation behind this is fucking ridiculous. So, <laughs> okay, so the three, I, I'm just going to give, there's, this is part of an email sent to describe this from the designer. Hmm. The three-part logo with a red top half, a blue bottom half, separated by a wavy white line, represents the American flag. But they also have other meanings. The colors are meant to represent the Earth's magnetic field, Feng Shui, Pythagoras geodynamics, the theory of relativity, and the golden ratio. Hmm. The Pepsi logo apparently contains reference to uh, Parthenon, the Mona Lisa, the golden ratio, the relativity of space and time, the magnetic and the magnetic fields. The logo is meant to emphasize the quote unquote perimeter oscillations unquote of the Pepsi logo and the quote gravitational pull unquote of a can of Pepsi on a supermarket shelf. (laughs) It is intended to be tied to the rate of expansion 
of the universe. This is what the designer says that little circle, that little red, white, and blue circle is supposed to mean. Oh, yeah, it's American, patriot, and all that shit. But it's also the theory of relativity. So this was from like a leaked email from Pepsi that this was confirmed? I don't know if it was leaked or if it was legitimately like the artist like, no, this is what it means. Shut up. (laughs) This was totally worth a million dollars and I hate you. (laughs) Stop calling me out. One million dollars. It just blew it blew my mind when I read that. Like it's insane. Perimeter oscillations. Yeah. Now it's also there and, and we're gonna jump back to a conspiracy theory right here. Uh there is also the theory that if you flipped up if you flipped the new logo and Pepsi next to it upside down, it looked like the Obama symbol, like the the red, white, and blue uh um Dawn, dawning sun, like the sun on oh, the horizon. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. And next to it would say, is dead, mm. signifying hope is dead. Hope is dead, man. So that was a fun uh, conspiracy theory that, that got thrown into my Pepsi research that I found to be dumb as fuck. Amazing stories. Yeah. So, so that's just a few examples of how uh, logos are being used actively uh, with us and against us. Because, really, there can't be any good coming from Gmail being a uh, <laughs> yeah, exactly. a high-ranking member of the Freemasons. It, Why is my email so ra- highly ranked in the Freemasons and I'm not? Again, we're not getting credit for our information. Right. And, and, and once again, like the... It's terrible. We were saying this earlier. It's like this is why so many people are like, you know, you know. Besides the institutional breakdown of trust, the uh, this is why it's so easy to, if not believe, because I mean, I I really I'm not a person who's going to say I believe something that I can't at least you know somewhat prove is true. Mm-hmm. I'm not going to say that everything is false because I can't prove it's true. Uh, you know, I, I would say that I'm more faithful than agnostic in some things, but in most things, you know, it's just, it's not only easy, but almost like it's, it almost takes more effort to deny the, uh, conspiring that is going on all around us. Mm-hmm. And, you know, the sort of blatant way that it's taking place, it's harder to deny it than to be like, oh yeah, I see that. Yeah. Fucking Mason email. <laughs> spying on you and everyone all the time. Yeah. And then you wonder why, like, all of these conspiracy uh, so-called theories are out there about Freemasonry and its ties to the oligarch class. You wonder why. You fucking wonder. Oh, wait, no. No, I don't. <laughs> it's right there. <laughs> Fuck. It makes perfect sense. Damn it, because it's true. So, it also, you know, tying this in, like, the these symbolisms, and I think the... The most powerful example was definitely the Bluetooth symbol. Yeah, absolutely. I love it. Just the, you know, the way that magic is being used uh, by people in power to influence your behavior and to change your thinking state or to bypass it at all times. So just be aware of that and um, 
you know, it's not it's not to say that all of this is bad, right? But it no. is something that everyone should know about. Exactly. You should know what spells you're casting. Yeah, and you should know what spells are being cast on you. Exactly. Because you know, knowledge is power in this situation. And if you know what's if you have some understanding of the uh mental technologies that are being used on you, uh you can have a a, a hopefully a better response to them. And and I also Love that this segment, you know, was a perfect sequel to where we were talking about Carl Jung last time. Yeah. And his archetypes and um, the way he described symbols and their power. And you can really see this if you go back and you look at advertisements before 1961, which is when the book was published. Uh huh. And they're all... They are what advertisements, like, they're what you would expect them to be. They're just like, you know, camel cigarettes taste good. Somebody's, you know, you've got a, a pretty pretty woman dressed up like a cigarette singing a jingle about how great camel is. Something like that. Or like, camel, you know. Camel tastes so good, makes me feel less misunderstood. <laughs> I don't know. That, see that? You know, having a I jingle. I guess that's more Jungian, isn't it? The well, the pretty girl, definitely, but not necessarily the jingle. Like a jingle, and just a sort of like a you know, ads were really prior to the advent of this sort of occult uh, cycle view of human psychology and how behavior can be manipulated. Commercials and ads and branding was all about just showing that you were the better product. Right. You know, you can believe in our service more than the competitor. Uh, we've been trusted for years, or our bread tastes good. That kind of thing. After in the I love late, that ad. Yeah, our bread, our tastes, bread good. tastes good. Well, I'm buying that bread. Sunbeam. You know, it's like, <laughs> great. So after... Why is this a tire ad? The late 50s and into the 60s, when you start to see the uh, what the Mad Men show is based off of, mm. the, you know... Uh, symbolism and the psychology of people really started to um, change the way that marketing and advertising was done. Mm -hmm. And it became more about just directly manipulating people through imagery and uh, symbolism and music than it was about just demonstrating how much better your product was. Yeah, so it seems like it was a shift from bias because you want the best product to you need this. You need this because it will get you laid. Yes, you will have sex if you own this ice maker. This product will make you safe. For sex. If you don't buy this product that was made here, you are supporting the enemy. You know, like mm -hmm. Yeah. That kind of shit. That's and, and you can you can look at that, you know, I'm not gonna tie the line directly to when Jung's book was published, but the ideas were out there floating around at that time. And right. there is a clear dividing line in advertising pre nineteen you know, fifty eight or so and post. And especially now, I mean, advertising is they they have it down to such a fucking science that it's I can't even do it. I can't watch it. It's not just because it's annoying, it's because I can feel them trying to Claw into stick their fucking hands in my brain yeah. and my soul. It's fucking awful, man. And I'm like, I don't want to do this. I was at my parents' house uh, the other day taking care, of, you know, taking care of the family that had a doctor's appointment. And yeah, just watching, like they, they have Dish Network or, or DirecTV, one of those satellite ones, mm -hmm. just watching the, the network TV commercials. It's oh my insane. God. 
the kind of shit. Like it's so much. It's either it's either YOLO. Or no, no, not YOLO. <laughs> wrong, wrong kid terms. Uh, FOMO. It's either FOMO. fear of missing out or fear of death because you're an old person and this is some kind of insurance targeting commercial, mm-hmm. you know, or something to spend your insurance on. Right. It's 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 crazy how awful advertising is nowadays. But you know, capitalism again is a, a very well-fed beast right now. True, the uh, oligarchic financial capitalism of the uh, Western civilization is, it has really become something of itself, hasn't it? Yeah, you know, I mean, we, we've talked before about how, how ideas can become, you know, living things on their own. I think, I think uh, I'm not being metaphorical when I say it's a well-fed beast. It is. It is a physical monster. It is a beast that, that is, is living right on top of us. Yeah, it's it's feasting off of us people. We are we are its kelp. Right? Is that what the whales eat? Kelp? Uh whales are well I think uh well I mean there's all kinds of whales eating all kinds of stuff. A lot of them are eating uh, <laughs> little tiny shrimp. That's a good one. Krill. Hey, whales eat stuff. You got your sperm whale that feeds primarily on sperm. <laughs> 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 Your blue whale, which is happy that it lives in the ocean because it feeds on blue. Feeds on blue. As is the color of the ocean. <laughs> oh Eats my and God. breathes water. So we decided that for our final section of the day, we were going to have a little fun. And as also. Are we doing this again? <laughs> I like it. I like it. We're going to cast a spell of our own, y'all. Spellcasting time. We're going to make a sigil for the podcast. y'all uh, it's nick future nick or past nick whatever i guess it depends on when you're listening to the episode anyway so hi i know you guys are expected to hear us make that audio sigil but uh that cannot happen i'm telling you it shit got crazy so like as soon as the episode came out it uh, I don't know what the hell happened to reality, but it got nuts. Like, trees became tentacles. The sun was a big eyeball. The majority of the world's politicians turned into these lizard people. Absolute Tom O. Bedlam. So, I came back to now, your now, to fix it. Fix, you know, fingers crossed it, it works. We're, we're not 100% sure if... Uh, Come on! Crap. The time machine left. Now what the hell am I supposed to do? I can't let myself see myself. It could destroy... Hey, somebody down there?
Nee, 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 nee,